This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO. Just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, our first guest made history when he appeared on this show in August 2014. Yes, he was our first guest ever on the Talk of Fame Network. But then, of course, New England owner Robert Kraft is used to making history. Since buying the New England Patriots in 1994, he's turned the franchise from a doormat into the closest thing there is today in any professional sport to a dynasty. And here's the proof. In the five years prior to his purchasing the team, Patriots were 19-61 and and hadn't made the playoffs in seven seasons. Since then, they've averaged 12 wins per season and won 275 games and four Super Bowls. What's more, they've been to seven Super Bowls, meaning, well, meaning during Robert Kraft's tenure, more than a third of his ownership, the Patriots were playing for a Lombardi trophy. But he changed the course of football history off the field, too, when he declined a $75 million buyout to allow the team to move to St. Louis and instead paid $174 million for a franchise whose home games were regularly blacked out and whose value, at least according to his own advisors, was well below that number. Smart move. And you know what? Smarter move now, getting him back on our show. Mr. Kraft, welcome back. Oh, thank you. That was very kind of you. Well, uh, uh, Bob, uh, interesting to me last weekend, I think largely ignored in the hoopla of Tom Brady's 200th career uh, win over the uh, Jets, the Patriots also became the first original AFL team to win 500 NFL games, and you've been the owner for nearly 300 of them and probably seen nearly all of them. Just wondering, as an old fan of the Patriots uh, long before you bought them, does that milestone, what does that make you feel like? Do you have much of an emotional connection with those AFL teams? Yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I was just, after we played the Jets this weekend, uh, I was just reminiscing, and I thought, I think I'm the only owner uh, currently who is attending games in every year's of our team's existence, you know, since 1960, and we've been in four stadiums, you know, at Boston University, Fenway Park, B.C., and Harvard, and... Um, you know, it, it just think. I mean, I've watched the evolution of this, and of course, in 1971, I became a season ticket holder on those great metal benches. So, <laughs> um, you know, our backsides used to stick to. Come November, we'd be frozen to the benches, but they were great, great memories. And I'm one of the luckiest guys on the planet to have had the privilege of buying my home team, you know, where I live, it, the odds of being a starting quarterback in the NFL were greater because there's 32 of them, and sometimes the teams don't even change hands if you look at the Myers or the Roonies or in Chicago, you know. So I just pinch myself and think how lucky I am. Bob, what's the most challenging issue facing the NFL today? Well, you know, the world is changing so fast, and young people, uh, their tastes and how they take in media and how they look at things, that we have to make sure that how we show our games and the venues that we play them in are relevant. And, you know, I'm still pleased that we get the largest weekly audiences of appointment television, 
and but we have to be mindful of what's going on over the top and and also make sure that our stadiums are a place that are welcoming you know you think about it in today's world we're all so connected with you know 10 years ago we didn't have iPhones and now we do and in some ways we're less connected and I think one of the special ways we come together as a community is when we root for our teams on the weekends mainly on Sundays and we have to make that a special quality experience whether it's how people get into the venue get out of the venue and the experience they have during the game and those fans who want to watch it on you know we have to figure out how to give the best quality product on mobile devices and find other ways to make our game relevant we're speaking with new england owner robert Kraft on the talk of fame network and you can find us at talk of or on twitter at at talk of fame net and mr Kraft. I want to uh, change the subject just for a second because these guys know how fond I am of your quarterback. Um, you've seen nearly all the great quarterbacks that played from the 50s of Otto Graham to the 60s with Johnny Yu to Joe Montana in the 80s. And, of course, from then on, Elway, Marino, Peyton Manning, guys like that. Where do you put Tom Brady among those quarterbacks who built the game? Well, I, I had the pleasure of seeing all of those quarterbacks play except for I didn't see Otto Graham. But I don't think there's anyone that compares to Tommy. And, you know, the longevity and what he's done in an era of salary cap where you couldn't, you had to really manage your game well to stay on top. And what he has done, and I hope in the next week or two, he'll have the all time winning record of all quarterbacks. He, tied it last week with Peyton at 200 and we hope shortly he breaks it but you know I I was thinking back my first season the Sunday after Thanksgiving I had the pleasure of having Johnny Unitas in my box watching us play the Colts and he wore a Patriot hat the whole game because he was so mad they had moved <laughs> and uh, we won that game I remember it was 12 to 10 and it was pretty special and of course watching him and Joe Montana and Marino just used to eat the Patriots up when I was a fan watching it and of course the great Peyton Manning I mean he was really, really special and the matches that he and Tom had were just off the charts. One more question on Brady. I mean, he says he wants to play another 10 years, but he's 39. How long can you see him playing? I want him to play as long as he can. Uh, You see the effort he put in this past weekend. I think it was pretty clear to people, you know, he, he, he had had a rough week or a rough couple weeks before, and so he took a couple practices off, which he doesn't usually do but come the fourth quarter there's no other player i'd rather be invested in than him to carry our team so i hope he goes for many more years and the way he takes care of his body and trains and prepares you know when when he came back in the fifth game this season all the young guys it, it, you know they saw how hard he works and prepares and it just it lifted the whole level of preparation for our team that a guy as established as he 
works as hard as he works. Well, as you know, because you know a lot about the history of the game, uh, Bob, Burt Bell is credited with saving the NFL during and after uh, World War II and urging the partnership with television uh, that certainly served your league well. But he also also w- always warned that you had to be vigilant about TV because of overexposure, and, and they were willing to eat their partners alive uh, for the short term. You've got some rating problems, as people know. Now there's some talk about uh, maybe ending Thursday night football. Where do you stand on that, and is – uh, overexposure, uh, a threat, a possible threat at all to your game in the long run? Well, I think that's a very legitimate question, but just to put it in perspective, I think the issue with ratings uh, can be right at the doorstep of Donald J. Trump and the entertainment factor he brought to this uh, past election. But if you look at even the support for Thursday night games, we're very sensitive to the saturation point, and we want to constantly try to improve the game and the fan experiences. But people are still watching our games on Thursday night, and we'll reevaluate it at the end of the season. But I'm looking forward personally to this week's game, you know, which is Dallas against Minnesota. And, you know, the ironic, the irony in all of this is that. We're still beating all programming on the most watched night of television. And I do think it's something we have to look at, though, and try to tweak and re reevaluate our whole media policy in this area. And Mr. Kraft, can I stop you right there? Because we have to go to commercial. Could you stay with us after we come back from commercial? My pleasure. Terrific. We'll be back with New England owner Robert Kraft right after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Britt Gosselin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. And we're back with New England owner Robert Kraft, whose team is in the midst of its 16th straight winning season, tying the 49ers of the 1980s and 90s and the Dallas Cowboys of the 70s and 80s for the longest streak in league history. You know, Ty Law is a sound finalist this year for the Hall, but there seems to be a belief that only Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are surefire Hall of Famers from your Super Bowl teams. Is Law or any of the members of those teams worthy of the Hall of Fame? Well, you know, the Patriots won three Super Bowls in four years, and that doesn't happen by accident. And... You know, Coach Belichick always preaches team first, as does the whole organization. And when you think about three and four years, we're only the second team ever to do that. And you can't do that consistently without having some of the greatest players of that era. And I'm thinking definitely Ty Law. He deserves it. Richard Seymour, Willie McGinnis, Adam Vinatieri, Rodney Harrison, I think they're all deserving and, you know, once again, putting team first, sometimes players don't get the accolades they should or they're not padding the statistics, but Ty Law is one of my favorites and I definitely think he deserves to be in. Mr. Kraft, talking about deserving players and teams, how about the Oakland Raiders? I mean, they're relevant again and... That's the good news. The bad news, of course, is they're talking about moving to Las Vegas. Um, I know stadium funding's in place and the casino operators seem to be behind this move, but 
Um, Two-part question. Can you envision a team in Las Vegas? And B, would you support such a move? Yeah, well, first of all, let me just say I've gotten to know Mark Davis pretty well, and I like him a lot. And he's all about Raiders football and continuing the great tradition of that family. And I would prefer to see them stay in Oakland, but there's just no movement up there to do anything to keep them. And I personally don't like to ever encourage a team to relocate, and I do hope Oakland comes through. But if they don't do something shortly, I think Las Vegas would be a great city to host an NFL team. I wouldn't have said that 20 years ago, but I do believe it now. I think that the Raiders fan base is a team that will road trip every game. And I think the demand for tickets would be incredible. And I would would support that if the um, objective of having a team in Oakland having a new stadium in Oakland can't be met. You have sort of a similar situation, of course, in San Diego where there's a serious stadium issue. They lost the, that recent referendum by a wide margin. And there's been, of course, a lot of talk that they could move to L.A. and join the Rams. Do you see that likely to happen, or do you think that, uh, do you question at all whether L.A. has enough interest to have two teams that would be basically new to that area? Well, Look, I feel the same about San Diego as Oakland. I don't know why the community doesn't band together and try to make something happen there. Um, it was disappointing to see the vote in the low 40%. And I know Dean is a, he's a great owner, Dean Spanos, and he's doing everything he can. Um, and we've created an option for a second team in L.A., and I guess that's something he has to decide if it's right for his fans and his franchise uh, so that they can be uh, viable. You know, L.A. used to always, they had the Rams and the Raiders, and, and I think that both Fox and CBS would each like a team in that market, and you know, it's, what is it, the second largest community and probably one of the fastest growing communities in America with great fans. And I I hope uh, that San Diego comes through, but if not, I think L.A. will be a wonderful opportunity. We hope San Diego comes through too, Mr. Kraft. Thanks so much for the time. Best of luck with the season and best of luck with the playoffs. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. It's great to chat with you guys. Be well. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate it. That was New England owner Robert Kraft.